This is Puget Sound Collective, and you're listening to the Paradise Arcade. The Paradise Arcade may contain explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Paradise Arcade with Eric and Kyle. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Paradise Arcade. This week, it's kind of a big deal. We are at 2DCon, live from 2DCon, video game convention here in Minneapolis. My co-host this episode is the third poor bastard. Welcome back, Chris. Yep. Thank you so much, the third. I missed you, and looking into your eyes just (laughs) brings me me so far back (laughs) to 2019. Okay, hey, settle down. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's about our guests. Yes, it is. And our guest this week is Puget Sound Collective. Joseph Allen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Eric. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having us. Oh my goodness, you guys. I am so pumped to have you on the show. You're doing some really cool stuff. And uh, it's good to like hear your voice in real life and have a conversation instead of just fucking around through direct messages. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Uh, we should just do this more often, like even after the interview. Oh my goodness, is that what <laughs> is that what people do these days? Is hang out on video chat and uh, and just hang out? No, I'm not even joking. At like 9 a.m. the other day, Elation hit me up. He texted me and said, "Hey, yo, boss man Joe, are you busy right now?" I said, "Not necessarily. Just waking up. Why? What's good, dude?" He was like, "Oh, nothing. I just wanted to Facetime." Nice. I was like, "Bro." It's 9 a.m. <laughs> and like, I, I, I ended up FaceTiming him and we bullshitted and had a pretty decent conversation for like an hour. But I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess what people do nowadays is just talk on FaceTime. That's, yeah. I always feel so uncomfortable being, I think it's because I see myself in the video chat and that's really, it's disturbing to me. If it was just like somebody else's face, I'd yeah. be fine. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I kind of avoid those calls in general, actually. Even my nephew will call me. It's like, no, it's not happening. I can't pick it it's up. Like, also, like, probably when I go back and, like, listen to this podcast, I'm going to hear myself speak, and I'm going to be like, ah, yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> I wouldn't think too much uh, on it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no backsies. Sorry. Yeah, yeah the, the message yeah. here is FaceTime everybody. Send the FaceTimes now. <laughs> Immortalized. <laughs> so you guys, um, Puget Song Collective, You've been around for, it's over a year now, right? You're just over a year of releasing, or is it two years? It is uh, a year since formation on July 1st. This was uh, the anniversary of the formation of the label, and then the one-year anniversary of when we actually put our first physical out um, was August 13th. Congratulations. So how many, over this time, how many releases total have there been? uh too many (laughs) (laughs) we're not Uh, counting we uh we i i got a little um with the uh the recruiting i i got a little eager and uh bit off a little bit more than i could chew you know um i was like thinking to myself like you know what that would be really cool to have on physical i wonder if they've done it already and um i just so i would reach out to people and um I'm pretty new at all of this, actually. Not pretty. I'm 100% new to all of this. So there was a point where, see, my problem was, I'm not even, you know what? 
that's my thing. Like when somebody asks me about something that I'm passionate about, which nobody ever does. So doing this interview (laughs) is going to send me, um, I I just go on long ass tangents and then like Alan's not even getting a chance to talk. So I guess we're at 27 right now. I think with Caspro yesterday, we, that was number 27. We have 24 cataloged releases, um, 27 total. We don't catalog our, um, like our guest appearances, you know, like artists that multi-release across other labels and stuff. Like we only catalog those. And that was a mistake that I made when we did that uh, collaboration with Stratford and Memrex and like System 96. I shouldn't have put catalog numbers on those, but it was something that I kind of adopted oh, yeah. as we went along. And I think now we're just going to do like the the cameo appearances from other artists as just like a PSE Presents series and not a cataloged number. But So how did you guys get to form Puget Sound Collective. What was the impetus? Um, because that's, um, to be a fan or to be involved is one thing. To go, you know what? I'm going to take on the headache yeah, and release actually release some shit and form a label is an entirely other thing. It's a big commitment. So it's kind of funny, um, actually, because for a while, I mean, it, this was not my first, um, this was not my first, like, plan at all like everybody wants to be the the person behind the 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 actual like keys doing the music playing the music themselves you know what i mean Uh and i trial and errored so many times and like i think i just have a hard time like you know investing sorry if you guys get that binging in the feedback or whatever it's like coming through the speakers that we're on but um Basically, I was like, I, I can't do this producer shit. Like, I, I, I just don't have the attention span to sit here and practice and practice and practice and invest all this time that it would take for me to get to the point where some of these other people are that are releasing these bangers. And uh, it wasn't that because of that that I was like, all right, well, you know, forget this. Uh, I'm going to do a label. It was kind of a combination of both accepting that it probably just wasn't in my you know, like cards to, to be a producer. But in correlation with that, I think there came a point also where um, just as much of somebody that's like pushing to release what I, I have the power to release now, um, back then as a fan and as a collector and a consumer, I uh, kind of like start to get a little bit like overly eager and like, I, I would just be like, hey, you know, insert whoever's releasing music you know at the time stratford eyewitness whatever i'm just like nudge nudge do this one do this one this would be really cool to have this one do this one and they're just like you know like we're already doing a lot (laughs) and you know we can only fit so much in our you know it's just it's got to be the right album the right artist the right time so on and so forth but i as a collector didn't like that answer (laughs) so i was like you know like is it possible for me to do this strictly for the like desire of wanting to have this album in my collection. <laughs> right. That's and, a valid uh, motivation. Yep. I mean, so, so to, to start, like my, my first thing was like, I, I really like, it's crazy to me that Voyager wasn't on physical. Like I absolutely 100% would have loved to have orbital. And so I think it was Voyager and Fuji. Like, those were the only two that I had in mind. I had no pre-lineup or, like, idea of who I was going to reach out to, who I was going to recruit. I was just like, as far as I'm concerned, if I have these two albums, I'm set. And then it was, like, a week after that that it started to, not even a week, maybe three or four days, 
it started to evolve and like snowball effect into something bigger because I had Horizon and November and Heister, all three knocking at my door, hypothetical door. They were in my <laughs> DMs within nice. like a five minute window of each other. Wow. Uh, so that is not usually how that happens. So that's cool. So you, so what you're saying is that you were pretty active as just a fan talking to labels. I'm assuming interacting with the artists as well. So you, you were kind of known, I would guess. I would say absolutely. Um, when people, you know, I, not that it happens often, but when like people say like, Oh dude, like, how did you do it? Like, that's crazy. Like, you know, PSC is doing so good. It's like, I don't think that Puget Sound Collective would be nearly as like successful or as popular as it has been without all of the massive support and like, you know, outreach that I've had from other labels or other artists. And it 100% has everything to do with the fact that just because I've been like a fan of this community since like 2018 now, uh, they just see the amount of time and effort and commitment that I like put into like really trying to help promote their music and support what they do because I'm just trying to give back in ways that I feel like I owe them for providing me with the music that I've you know grown to love these past couple of years. Mm -hmm. So, Alan, I got a question for you. Then it, it give you the opportunity to speak. You know how did how did your involvement with Puget Sound Collective come to be, and and what um, has driven you to do this? Well, to my knowledge from what I can remember, I think it was around the time where I saw Joe, I think, get like those, you know, he started to branch out and reach the, and get those connections in. And I think it was when I started to catch word that he, uh, he like nailed something with Voyager. And then he's like that, like something was going to happen. I was like, okay. And then I, you know, fast forward a couple months, you know, the, the first cassette comes out and I'm like, oh. This, this is really like you know becoming a thing now um even then i didn't think too much of it uh until maybe like i don't even know like i think at the the fifth cassette i was like okay we have like a couple now you know what i mean like i you know and then i i i don't blink of a night it's like boom we're at, like we're at a 20 now so uh i think at the scale we're going like i just it, it's it's crazy like how much like you know how much i say like albums we've released like in terms of like our artists like it's just the the, the growth has been exponential like m more than like i would i mean it, it's more than we can handle right now i mean we're trying to catch up but i mean that's also kind of like to to not interrupt alan but to like chime back in Puget Sound Collective was something that I always verbally just loosely threw the idea out, you know, to people of or whatever. Um, and it would be one of those things where we'd be on like the back patio, you know, just like smoking a J or, you know, drinking some beers. And I'd be like, hey, um, you know, so like I have this idea and I think that with like the proper marketing and the proper connections and like support from people, like it could like potentially be something that could like flourish. And hearing when you do something that you feel like has made it or is like relatively, and I'm, by all means, I'm not saying like, oh my fucking God, I'm famous. You know what I mean? Cause I mean, we're still really small, but like the fact that people are paying attention and that we have a fan base is incredible. So it's almost like when you 
are just like just an average Joe, you know. Um, and you hear, oh, like something very like good could potentially happen. You just automatically think like there's no way, like because for me at least with what I desire to accomplish in this community, I feel like in the position that Alan and I are in, I've hit the jackpot. Like I've hit the lottery. Like I feel like I'm I've been very, very like I'm just very grateful for like the opportunity. But so like when I would tell these people like, hey, this is what I'm gonna do, and this is I'm pretty confident in this, they're just kind of like, eh, you know, like. As would anybody, if you had, like, when you were a teenager, said, hey, I'm going to, like, host a successful podcast when I'm older, your parents would probably, I mean, I don't know your parents, but my <laughs> parents, they're like, yeah, good for you. I'm going to pat you on the back and then, you know, thumbs up. You're doing great. Awesome. <laughs> you know, like, we're going to hang it on the fridge kind of type deal, you know? Yeah. And then when you start, like, talking numbers, people are, like, opening their eyes, like, oh, shit, okay, like, you weren't joking. Um, and that was kind of like how it was like after I started PSC, like, and I'm not saying that any of Alan's affiliation has anything to do with his sudden interest when he saw we were doing good. His affiliation is actually, he drew the logo. I told him like, because I'm like, Hey, I need you to start like jotting down some like ideas of different things that we could like use for this logo. And then he gave me a piece of paper with like a grid of like nine pictures on it. And he still has that paper actually. So that's going to go down and like, Oh yeah. Chill some someday. <laughs> that's cool. But, uh, we narrowed it down and we, we picked the one and then I, I actually turned it over to Andrew and Andrew, um, Trafford, he, he did, like digitized it and turned it into like an actual, like professional business looking logo, which is what you guys get now. But, um, after voyage, or Voyager and Fuji, I was pretty much just like, hey, you you know, dude, Alan, you're in this, you're not, dude, but, like, there's a lot of fucking tapes. I need help. This is a lot of product to push, and, it, you know, for all of that to fall back on me, you know? So, so yeah, how, pretty much. How has your relationship evolved? Because it sounds like you didn't know one another quite as much initially, and now you guys are, like, spending a ton of time together. So how's that me, come about? Me and Alan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What con- I mean, that's – what content again? Like – in general or yeah. like professionally oh yeah yeah uh no in general have you guys i don't know you personally so do you guys go pretty far back alan's been my best friend for 12 years that's amazing that's cool how'd you meet <laughs> oh did you say how did we meet yeah how'd you guys meet <laughs> high school high school that's cool and here you are these years later doing this yeah he uh he was 15 i was 16 that's cool. Over a match in Halo Reach. Over, yeah, Halo yeah. Reach. Really? That's what brought us together, our, our mutual admiration for the video game Halo. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're pretty reclusive. I mean, we, I don't really think that we were, like, too concerned about, like, you know, fitting in with, like, like all, the, like, the big crowds and all that, whatever. Like, yeah. I don't really think that we, yeah. we cared about all that shit. But that, that could be just me. I'm not, I'm not trying to speak for both of us, though. Yeah. Found your own path either way, and, and uh, through that relationship. The, the two of you have grown pretty close, obviously, and now you've got this amazing project going on that's that's catching fire. Yeah, no, absolutely. If if anything, I think that uh, I mean, there's obviously been some like questions and concerns expressed between both parties about like the business sides of things, but yeah, there. I mean, at this point, you have a relationship with somebody that you have, like I have with Alan. Not even a, a business like this, nothing. You know, nothing should stand in between your your friendship. Uh, yeah. that's almost lasted you know half a lifetime but other than that i i think that the uh the whole puget sound collective thing has brought alan and i like closer together in the sense of just like i don't know mm-hmm. 
it, it's just weird. It's like it's made our bond stronger because like we understand both of our responsibilities and like what you know falls on our end for us to like have to be able to accomplish in order to make sure that this continues to operate the way that it operates. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about your, how it's started your relationship, your friendship and the starting of Puget sound. It sounds like when you got going, it was trial by fire. You released an album or a cassette and then you're like suddenly at 20. I mean, that's a lot of logistics. That's a lot of stuff to figure out. Um, how, yeah. how much time did you, before you released your first cassette, like how much did you actually have handled, understood? And then how much did you just sort of learn it as you went? Um, really Andrew, uh, kind of like gave me the, the tools and he said, here you go. Like he, if I needed explanation of something, he would be more than happy to explain it to me. But pretty much I was not confident. So like this entire thing had always just been a concept of, and something that I had been regularly starting to speak more of about the possibility of happening. And it was one time, um, you guys know Michael Weber, right? Yeah. So he came up cause he's from Maple Valley, Washington. It's like, you know, 30, 40 minutes from where we're at. Uh, he came up and he was hanging out with us. And I was telling him about the same idea, Puget Sound Collective. And he's actually the one that, like, gave me that little extra nudge that I needed to finally start, like, doing something. Because um, I was just, like, the only thing that's, like, hindering my my progression into, like, doing this is that, like, I'm not the greatest at Photoshop. I don't know how to do J cards and stuff. And he's like, bro, I got you. Like, like let's do this shit. We're doing this shit. So, like, if you actually look at the Fuji, like, the first Parallactica tape and the, the Voyager tape... The, the layout on the back is a little bit different than the rest of, like, the more consistency that you guys have been seeing on the past couple of releases because Michael Weber actually did the the J cards for the first two, and uh, I have uh, our boy Burning Chrome help me out now, you know? That's awesome. So you, I mean, it really goes to show your... Um, the networking you've done. It sounds like you had a huge network or a healthy network before you even started so that when you actually were doing this thing, you had the support and means to, to get it going structure. I've always joked about my involvement with Puget sound collective. A hundred percent of how we operate is entirely like, obviously the artists bring the music, the people that help me do the formatting of any physicals that we do, like I, I, am just the guy behind the curtain that's like swiping my debit card. That's <laughs> I mean, we do more than that. Obviously, like we have to make the relationships. We have to get to know these people. We have to, you know, put the orders into the manufacturing companies. We have to put them in boxes. We have to take them to the. We do all that, sure. Yep. But as far as like, I don't know. Like I feel like people just because of like how prominent I had you know, made my presence known in the community the years leading up to the formation of it. Like, people like Croja, um, they bought a copy of Voyager. Uh, you know, a, a bunch of artists that I supported over the years came out and they bought a copy of Voyager. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was crazy to see how so many people that didn't know of me as a merchant or as a, you know, just somebody that deals with this kind of stuff, they were just like, I know you because I've seen you post pictures of all your cool shit. So 
obviously I'm going to trust your taste in music and like think that, you know, you, you kind of have an idea of what I would like or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking about this and, and I, it's, the story is strangely similar to my own of being, getting involved and knowing people and, and just being sort of in the, in the scene and then you build these relationships and you know these people and then you're like, well, I guess for me it's like I saw a need, I saw a gap just like you. Like there's this thing and there's this opportunity and I can fill this and I want to do it and it needs yep. to be there. I want this because I want it. Mm-hmm. And then you get that support because you've built that trust up over the years. You believe in it. Yeah, and also um, another thing is um, I feel like as somebody that was at one time, you know, really adamant about pursuing like, I wouldn't say a career because I don't think, you know, such a niche little community, very few people get to say that they have the pleasure of calling what they do in this community a career. But whatever it is that you're pursuing, I feel like by... I would know that it would make me feel more encouraged to continue to continue pursuing that if like people were telling me that like my stuff was good enough to be released physically, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And mm-hmm. I don't really I feel like it's important, you know, like uh, a lot of the the guys that I've released, I mean I've released a lot of big guys, but like the guys that are on like the like the lesser known end, I think when you take the chance and you roll the dice and you you invest money into promoting their music because you believe in their music, it helps give them the little extra push that they need to to continue doing what they do because they feel like whatever it is that they're doing worked the first time, so why not keep going for it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is, is what I'm saying. Yeah, It's just a good oh, yeah. positive reinforcement. I think you have something similar to what Andrew at Stratford has does a mindset of you know he curates a very specific sound a collection of artists that fit in his taste thing and and so people have learned to trust andrew's taste and so they just buy whatever it is there's that trust that he's built up and it's the same thing for you where you've curated a collection of artists and a type of music and people trust that so you say i'm putting this your opinion matters because what you're saying is I'm going to invest the money to do this run of cassettes. And so therefore it's valid and people are going to buy it and go, Oh, try. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to buy yeah. this thing because you put it on tape. So duh. Yeah. How many people have been uh, purchasing music that way for years? Mm-hmm. Now that you think about it, the, the curator, the trust in the label. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that because sometimes I'll be like buying whatever Stratford's. I mean, I buy everything <laughs> Stratford sells, but I'll buy it, and then Andrew will hit me up uh, later in the day or a few days after release, and he'll be like, oh, yeah, so what do you think of insert album name here? And I'll be like, I don't know. I haven't yep. listened to it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there. I know it's good. But, uh, no, definitely, um, at the end of the day, it, it's pretty much just, like, not even, like, a, I'll release you if I think you'll, like, commercially perform well, because... My approach with this label is not to run it like a business. Um, I know that there's just not enough money in this like niche community to be made in order for it to be profitable enough for me to like sustain a living off of. 
So I know that it'll always just be, I mean, it's definitely like a good second source of income, you know, for just like fun money, spending money, saving money, whatever. But, um, it, it's just not, it's, it's just, it's a hobby, you know? And I feel like it kind of loses its meaning a little bit and kind of just feels less sincere if it ever starts to become something that's more about the business aspect of it than the, 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 the fun you're having with it. But with that, what I was saying was I'll release something if I personally vibe with it. Like if somebody sends me something and I'm listening and I'm just like, this fucking slaps. Like I would love to release this. Absolutely. But it, it's not something where I'm just like, yeah, I think other people would vibe with this. You know, it, it's like if me and Alan vibe, then then it's for us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely understand that. And I think that's where I'm talking about is that is that personal curation. You guys have your taste and people have come to know what your taste is. And because like when I was a, a young lad back in the olden days before Spotify and streaming, you would have to take a stab at buying a record. And so I got to labels. Basically, I knew if it was this particular label, I would take a more of a chance at it. Yep. than I would other means because I know that it, if they're on this record label, it means this kind of thing. Yep. Or this band is connected to this band. Right. You know, that that pattern. Yes. This is a great example of that. So it's the same thing, but in, yeah. in the internet age, you're curating a very specific thing, taste in music. If people like what you do, they, they know that whatever you put out, they're going to like. You want to know what's funny, though? And I feel so bad because I feel like I should be giving Alan more of an opportunity to talk, but I just keep thinking of these like crazy like analogies and stuff where I'm just like, this is applicable at this, you know, part of what we're talking about. And uh, it's that like when these guys um, on the label, they they send me their, their works in progress and they're like, yeah, I don't really know how I'm feeling about this one. I'm thinking about like cutting it from the album completely. It's just like, I don't know, it doesn't really fit. And then I listen to it, and I'm just like, oh, my God, absolutely not. Excuse me? What? Are you oh, yeah. actually thinking? And uh, uh, it's because, like, all of these guys, not all of them, but most of these guys on the label, they're, like, taking too much influence from, uh, like, electronic gems. And they're like, yeah, you know, I just, I feel like my song should sound like this because then it's not going to be accepted by the the wider populace of the you know the community and it's just like okay but like you shouldn't tailor your music to what you feel like is going to be you know unanimous unanimously approved by others you should you know make what creatively you're feeling anyways a few of these guys would send me some things and i'd be like oh dude no no way this is coming off the album this is like the fucking like the number one single off this album this is the greatest song you've ever sent me <laughs> and it, it's like it goes entirely like against what people have like typically like stereotyped with this community where it's just like you know the bells and whistles and like the spacey like they're like fucking borderline like coke induced club bangers you know what i mean like there's <laughs> bangers and you're like yeah. i can get down to this i'm moving my body to this and so again it's it's interesting how you have an influence on music you say you, you say you don't have patience to make music or or the the whatever to do it but in, in a weird way those conversations you're having with those artists you're you're having them curate to your own taste anyway. I'm composing it, right? (laughs) You're not, you know, it's a, it's an interesting thing. And 
terraforming, maybe. Yeah, there right. you go. Yeah. He's making it that way. Yep. Uh, this actually reminds me of a lot of um, the the big music guys from the 70s, Clive Davis and, um, yeah. oh, God, what's another guy? Um, Clarence Avant. Ooh. Um, so these guys in the 70s, 60s, and 70s, they um, were very, they were just business guys, pretty much. And they started off as like a music executive or a lawyer or whatever it is. And as they moved into the music community, they had more and more influence on music and the artists and if an artist had like a they weren't like they had a crisis of confidence or whatever it was they were they would help them through that and but then have this influence on the music and that's where you have like certain labels with these certain kinds of sounds Clive Davis has a very particular kind of thing Clarence Avant same thing um and it's interesting that even on the on a very small scale, you're doing something very similar, um, but it's the same behavior. It's the same thing, mm-hmm. and I find that so interesting. Comes natural though, by the sound of it. Yeah, you found your I, niche. Uh, like some very intricate, like detailed, like description. I've, ne- I've never like heard anybody like go into detail, like honestly. Uh, like like I, I I hate to to use this term to to describe it, but almost like it, it kind of like might I mean, it's very it's very health it's not unhealthy it's it's very in the most politest and like best intention I could possibly mean it, but I I, I kind of like I, I gaslight these artists <laughs> because I'm like bro just just look at the history I'm like look at all of like the shit like because I you can't see it anymore I've made it all private because I just didn't want that to be what my technical or dream coat page on Instagram was but like I'm about it like I've been listening to this shit and like jamming to this shit and like talking about it and you know just you know, for years now so I'm like take a look at like all the stuff that I've been listening to and tell me that you don't think that I know what I'm talking about so I'm like the shit that you just showed me, fire, bro. I'm like send it. That like that's that's the that's the move. Like keep that shit. Like that's that's where it's going. You know what I mean? I think the, there's a bigger lesson in this as well. It's you're really telling artists to be confident in themselves and trust their art, not listen to what the greater crowd is doing at this time. Like take a step back, follow it, be true. Absolutely, and that's that's like yeah. the, uh, the other half of why I, I see yeah. exactly. It's like it's positive gaslighting, right? <laughs> it's it's complicated, like everything else in life. Good, no matter how way, how you <laughs> yeah. say it. Yep. Right? It's a it's um it's it's kind of like a con man behavior, but for the greater good. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, you're confident, and you, and you actually bring it to the larger word, confidence man. Yeah. Basically, a confidence man is someone that could sell you an idea of something and yep. you buy into that idea or that it's not necessarily completely a negative thing, but it's using mm-hmm. charisma. It's using, um, charisma. That's good. The passion and, and sharing of information. That's kind of that intersection right there. And that's exactly what you guys are doing. Again, you're spreading this good word and you're saying, this is really good stuff. People should pay attention. And, and it turns out you're right. And that's why I'm excited for uh, everyone to hear uh, what horizons got cooking. Cool. Cause uh, he he's sitting on some, uh, and that's this what like me. I didn't want to like hard name drop, but like everything that I'm alluding to has basically just been like my relationship with that of Horizon because he has sent me his new album that's going nice. to be coming out TBD. But uh, I've listened to the whole thing, yeah. and um, it, it it's 
and I told this to you in the DMs the other day, I think, mm-hmm. Eric. Yeah. Um, but but what Horizon is about to drop on this community, and don't get me wrong, I think that every artist that we release for is unique in their own way, and I love all their music, and they're on constant rotation in my daily playlists. But, like, Horizon is about to drop something on this community that, like, nobody's ever done yet. Like, it's, like, unlike shit that I've ever heard before. And uh, I'm really hoping that... Uh, all this hype that I've been bringing around this new album to, to just him and reassuring him that like, he's just very brave. He's very bold to be taking the direction that he's taken in his music because uh, like I was saying earlier, people are like, you know, so just used to the kind of stuff that they hear on electronic gems, but like what this kid's about to drop on the community is just a fucking face melter, dude. It's like, an endorsement. I love it. I'm I'm looking forward yeah. to it now. You got my attention. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Like as soon as I have permission from everyone involved mm-hmm. to like let you hear whatever from this album, you will be the first person I share it with because yeah. the world needs to hear this album, dude. Nice. I'm excited. I know you've been you've been telling me about it for a while, alluding, alluding, and and then straight up telling me like this is the this is gonna change change the game. Um. Absolutely. It's interesting. You bring up electronic gems, and I think um, you know we talk about curation of sound and, and curation, and, and it's interesting. You can kind of get to the point where um, it has maybe too much influence, and so it's good that you guys are coming up and that you're you're providing another viewpoint, another um, entrance into this music because it does get stale. One person's voice can't rule everything and what electronics gems has done is it's been amazing for a lot of electronic artists i know i was talking to voyage and he kind of basically said i wouldn't have a career if i if it wasn't for electronic gems i was not going to do it um and you guys are kind of doing the same thing for the next group of folks and another perspective and keeping it fresh and interesting my biggest complaint um in our overarching community that all the little various things is things can get really stale and when you start making the same thing over and over and over again it's just i need something fresh i need new things i need to have new inspirations i like it when people break the rules so what you guys are doing is important in that regard i think also like that's partially don't get me wrong like i 100% 100% like to my core believe that this album is a fucking banger that he's working on but um also like even if I didn't necessarily vibe with it implying that I didn't if I didn't I would think that it would still be worth like promoting strictly for the fact that it was offering something like reinventing I guess reinventative to the to the community that you know isn't the same fucking you know just no, I like my music a little bit more upbeat. Is mm-hmm. all I'm saying. I like yeah. stuff I can dance to, bob my head to, you know. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I am a man of many moods, and up upbeat is good. I love, you know, I got into the chill, chill synth later in my synth life. Um, but I also like, I like the, I like it to be a little bit funky. I like it to be upbeat, danceable too. So I'm excited for all that. And I, what I really like is when I've heard like artists who have typically been mellow, like when Eagle Eye Tiger came out with um, a couple of tracks on Untether Unravel that were 
bangers. They were legitimate, like you could bop to these things. And it was so kind of unlike some of his other stuff. And it was exciting for me. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm really bummed that uh being that he's from Brooklyn also that he didn't show up at Electronicon because Alan even though he wasn't performing, Alan took a copy of Smile for the camera on vinyl just in case we bumped into him so he could have him sign it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he um he sort of disappeared a little bit. Um I would talk to him a bit and he was going through something nothing like traumatic or anything. And and then he's like, yeah, I'm working on music. I'm going to release an EP and then that'll be in it, go into an album. And then I just haven't heard anything from him for a few months now. So I don't know what's going on with the man, but he is releasing a new EP. Yeah. The one he just posted, uh, like on his Instagram yesterday, right? Yep. That's when it was live already, was it not? No, it comes out on... Oh, does did it come out today, the 26th, or is it like September 3rd? No, I'm serious. I, I could have sworn I said that. If there was, I was so occupied yesterday between listening yeah, to right. Pastel's new album. Oh, yeah, his EP did just come out. When did it come out? Yeah, I, I already listened to like, to like two... No, songs. he's got a new one coming oh, out. A new, new a new new one that's got like three songs on it or something. Pressure uh, Point. I know what... It's called Pressure Point. Oh, no. Oh yeah, that is the one Alan yeah, just showed me. Yeah, yeah, that's the one Alan. Okay. Showed. Yeah. But yeah, no, I between uh Upasin's new album yesterday on Midwest Collective and Pastels, I was listening to so much shit yesterday. It's hard to keep up. I mean, I love it. I love being I love doing what we do. Um, but it's really hard to keep up and people reach out, Hey, did you listen to this thing or could you listen to this thing? And I'm like I work a regular job and have other stuff and so I I try to fit in new music as much as possible and you know like it's hard for me because like i'll also go back to some of my like my regular jam moods and so i'm like trying to like balance listening to new stuff with stuff that i want to listen to just to relax or whatever um boohoo for me right like that's that's such a terrible thing (laughs) no uh i mean it's it's hard being um somebody in a position where it's like not my job, but like my responsibility as somebody that runs a label to to have to be the person that like goes through and like reviews and listens to these submissions because like one, I don't like being the guy that has to tell somebody that what they're trying to submit is not necessarily what we're looking for. That's heartbreaking. And I never want to crush somebody's dreams like that, but I'm not going to listen or like, you know, release your fucking studio your shitty, like, home studio, like, fucking rap recording studio, like, you know, just underground rap and shit, I'm not gonna, I can't do it, I just can't do it, because, like you said earlier, the people that are, like, buying our stuff has put their trust in me, and my recommendations of the music I'm trying to push on them, so even if the, the home studio rap recording session that you're trying to give me on this mixtape is fire, you have to submit it to a label that's trying to promote that type of music, you feel me? Yeah. Like, I had so many people sending me uh, submissions for the Puget Sound Collection Volume 1, and it wasn't bad at all. None of them were bad. I would not say that I actually, like, disliked any of them, but some of them were just, like, you can't go from listening to, like, you know, uh, you know, Ruby Ibis's Cabrillo Way to something that's got, like, some industrial synth and then Screamo, and then you can't. There's just yeah. there's no transition there, you know what I mean? Well, I think, you know, it's an interesting 
thing. And I, I think this is a great conversation to actually get into for folks that are listening, that are, that are artists that are trying to land oh, yeah. on a label or get um, signed or any of that kind of thing. Because I think there's this, I think some artists who are very eager are maybe a little pushy and don't do their homework correctly. And so, you know, like I would never ever imagine that you would release a rap album. And that's again, not saying it's, it has nothing to do with, with quality or uh, someone's ability, but it has to do with you've curated a very specific um, style and taste and, and it has to fit into whatever that is for you. And, and obviously that's going to change as you, as you listen to more things and that's going to grow and evolve and that's going to be exciting uh, on its own because people change and they grow. Um, but if you're looking to get signed, you don't just spam every label hoping to land a thing. That's not how that works. Everyone that I've ever talked to who's landed um, a record deal or um, has, has had some measure of success it has never been because they've spammed a record label to death. You know what I mean? I don't think I, I didn't, I didn't mean to give anybody the illusion that I dislike rap, by the way, I actually no, no, love no. a lot of, no, 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 but, but it's what you're releasing that was just example of like a, a, a genre of music. That's so like ridiculously like different than what I'm releasing. Right, right. But I guess my argument there is that like, I think the people that, have in the past submitted things to me that weren't necessarily because I hate saying that like something isn't the vibe for the label. Like it's got to be crazy, like off, off topic for it to be like me. Cause like, I, I think I have a pretty wide variety of sound to be honest, yeah. because I'm sitting here saying that like, you know, you have November's televisions, which is like super, you know, smooth, spacey. It's kind of like, you know, got that windows 96 home feeling. But then I'm over here also saying Corizon's next album is a fucking melt banger. Mm -hmm. So like there's there's definitely variety, but the people that sent me things in the past that I couldn't necessarily get behind, I think were people that were knowledgeable enough to know who they were submitting it to, but were also confident that their interpretation of indie electronic music was the type of music that I was looking for when it was not. Because yeah. it was indie electronic, it was just really indie you know what i mean yeah it didn't fit your particular taste because i mean at the end of the day what you're talking you're you're curating your taste more than yeah, there's no great. specific label to it there's no uh, you only do this super specific bracket of thing it's whatever you guys the two of you vibe with Right. And that's why, uh, like some labels, like in their bios on Instagram and shit will be like synth wave, chill wave, something wave. And I don't do all that. I'm just like Pacific Northwest representation of indie electronic music, mm -hmm. which I guess seems like it would be pretty inviting. I, maybe I should be a bit more narrow because if I say indie electronic, then everybody making some form of indie electronics going to think that we're the label. So I, I definitely know that we're catered to like a specific community, but I guess the uh, the exclusivity behind that comes with like you can be anybody that I've never even heard of within this community, and as long as you're still on the same page, I'm willing to humor your music. So mm -hmm. absolutely, send it to me. But 
I guess I kind of digressed there for a bit. Uh, what I was actually going to say was, uh, I'm I'm somebody that listens to what I know that I like. You know, yeah. like I, I don't really branch out often and listen to new music unless somebody sends me something that I abs- like. We have a demos channel in our Discord server, and I listen to everything that everybody posts there so that I don't sleep on any like you know hidden gems or bangers because there's been times where a track has made it onto like a final track list of an album and then the album's ready to come out and I go through it and I'm like, yo, whoa, what the fuck? This song's a banger. And they're like, bro, I posted that on the demos channel like three, four months ago. I'm like, ah, damn it. That's funny. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's, it's, um, I think looping back around to like how you categorize yourself. I think it's smart to not be so, because indie electronic is a very specific niche all its own um to further dissect it really could deprive you of the opportunity of listening to something that's really special and interesting that you would love to release so i you know i don't i don't think like you're missing out or you're you're getting too much because you don't specify chillway synthwave hey there tpa listeners eric here Sorry for interrupting, but this is the part where we do some shameless self-promotion. And we'd like to give our sincere thanks for listening to the show. And we are just as surprised as you are for listening. But since you're here, we'd like to highly encourage you to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And of course, for all things The Paradise Arcade, you can also visit us on theparadisearcade.com. Please like, share, and review our episodes. We like interacting with you. We like to hear your feedback. What's your favorite part of the interview? What you thought was interesting? Who we should get on the show next? Those are all important things that we'd like to hear. And the last thing, if you really like the show and you want more and you want to contribute, you could do something for us. You could find us on Patreon. You can contribute as little or as much as you want. On Patreon, you'll find some exclusive content that we will continue to update. Mostly, we just want to say thanks for listening. We appreciate you. So let's get back to it. whatever data wave all the all the waves um it it allows you to be more open and again you're not getting you're not getting pigeonholed into a specific thing because that would suck that you're like you're only known for something that's got you know a very limited bandwidth of fans and ability because you know you're still uh, you're still a business you still want to sell the product that you have so that you continue to sell more cassettes or other things in the future right and like something that i've always told the artists that i like recruited way early on because like there's been times where like from an outsider's point of view it may have seemed like it could have been unfair because like i promised all these people like yeah you know let's do a cassette let's do a cassette and then i'm like oh guess what like so and so just literally hit me up yesterday and i'm gonna do their cassette before i get to yours you know, it seems kind of like fuck ass, you know, <laughs> um, but I explained to them, I'm just like, hey, this is good. This could potentially be good PR for you, because if we take this artist who has a reputation for themselves and like has a bunch of fans and we release their release that they're approaching us to do a release for them for, then it's going to get however many people are coming to look at our page to buy their release. They're going to have their eyes on you now like Mm -hmm. all those people are going to see you so you're getting that promotion 
You know what I mean? Yep. No, you're, you're absolutely and, right. And so everybody's like compliant and they're like, that makes a lot of sense. That's a really good idea. Like I'm totally with it. It's fine with me, but also kind of like, I guess correlates with like the, cause I feel like, you know, that Lucy in the skies album we just did, like it's, it's chill synthy enough, but it's not like electronic gems chill synth. It's kind of more like, I don't know. Lucy's just got one of those. Steven's just got one of those very unique sounds and i feel like it's because he was one of the among the few that was doing it so early on that he was starting to sort of like pave the way for this kind of chill synth music you know absolutely so so to to go from you know listening to you know somebody who maybe has like seven eight hundred spotify monthly listeners or whatever and their music being more like derivative to what they feel like people want to hear that are tuning into electronic gems aren't going to be the same people that are going to be going to a label to look for the music that they know and love of Lucy in disguise. Mm -hmm. So in order to be able to offer both of those varieties, they're both still within the same realm of music, but they both have like entirely different like fan bases, but you're still connecting those fan bases and like, you know, building the bigger pool here. Absolutely. It's really important. Um, they're a strategy, obviously there's strategy behind what you're saying. And that's a very important thing to clarify, especially to newer artists who are who are just getting started of like the strategy of this is how we're going to grow your fan base. This is how we're going to grow your profile. Um, and it's not just about you. It's about the collective community and the collection within you know, Puget Sound. And having someone like Steven uh, as a release is a huge win for you. I mean, it just is. That's there's no duh to that, and you know, Stephen is gonna make and release some really hot shit because that's just what he does. Um, that's only gonna help the, everyone else behind him as well because they're gonna go, oh, this thing came off in Puget Sound. I like Lucy in Disguise. Oh, look at these other releases. Exactly. That, that's the mindset that I had too when I tried elaborating that to the guys that have been waiting their turn, but. Um, you know, all the guys that are on the label are like you're just so beyond humble that like you 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 don't even have to elaborate. But just because I try to be fair, I I do anyways. But they're just their their typical response is just like, hey man, I don't care when my cassette gets here. I'm just glad that I get to even have this opportunity. And I'm like, that's the attitude that you should have. Like that is why you will always have a home here at Puget Sound Collective because we need more people like you. Yeah, and so that's it's a huge it's a huge deal that you got that, and it's gonna be obviously that's gonna pay dividends, uh, for you know what you do in the future. So, um, how did you how did that come about, the Lucy release? Honestly, dude, um, I've never. I mean, I I've definitely you know given credit to the the label's growth you know like i i acknowledge it and it, it hypes me up but i'm still always just going to be that guy that just started a year ago and like always look up to like these other bigger labels you know that you know have been doing this for substantially longer than me so i don't approach artists really like at first i did and not even the bigger ones so like i would say Sean the collaboration I did with the one-off cassette of In Motion with Stratford, uh, that came about because back when I first started listening to Chill Synth, I messaged Sean 
and I told him that his music pretty much was like saving my life at that point in my life. Like it was just really making me feel not so shitty about myself. And it resonated so well with him that it like kept him and I in touch and now we're like really good buds. Yeah, Sean's so, a good guy. So he he uh made that happen, um, brought that together for us. And uh and I think I it's probably all started to snowball when uh Blake System ninety six. Um, he hit me up first. Out of like all the the bigger artists that we've done, he hit me up first, and because of his collaborations on uh, other tracks with uh, Steven and just like you know their their friendship or connection or whatever, I, I I'm just assuming by the way, because Steven approached me, I didn't reach out to him. Um, he approached me and he just said, "Hey man, um, I've got this new album coming out at the, on this date." And uh, I've heard nothing but good things from other artists and customers about you. And so I'm, like, wondering if you'd be interested in, like, doing something for it. And the only person that I, like, could think of that would have, like, said something positive about their experience working with us at that point was Blake. Because he he talks to Steven and they're, like, homies. Um, so if that's the truth and, Blake, you hear this, thank you. I appreciate that, sir. Um, but yeah, and Voyage too. Uh, I, I didn't actually, there was no way in hell that I would have ever reached out to, to, to any of these guys because the whole point of Puget Sound Collective when I started it was to give opportunity to those that didn't feel like they had the opportunity to get some exposure. So obviously I was kind of like more aimed, uh, or had my focus aiming more towards like those guys, but also then... Because I've seen uh, Steven live like three times now. I've talked to him in person. We've like, you know, smoked a stove out in front of uh, the venue in Portland when I saw him at Neon Rose Fest. We're homies. Same with Blake. Uh, you know, I'm homies with Blake. And and when your homies hit you up and they're like, hey, you want to do this? You're not going to say no. You know, that's like fucked up. That's like slapping mm -hmm. your homie in the face. <laughs> um, with Voyage, uh, being that he is who I would say is among like the founding fathers of this more modern, like chill synth movement. Um, and because his music also to me has done things that like hotel pools or Memorex, they, their music's all done for me. It would be dumb for me to have said no to him, but also he's like never been released on physical before. So it was really humbling for, uh, for Tim to, to, to choose like such an, I guess in this community, I would still consider us like underground compared to the guys that have been doing it for so much longer mm -hmm. that like somewhere, something had to have been said by someone that, you know, left such a good impression that Tim would be like, oh yeah, I trust these guys. Like they, they could totally do this for me. And then that's when he was like, I, I really wanted to, you know, do a, like a 50 run cassette of, uh, of my glow EP. And then his first concern was, you know, but I'm worried, like, don't you think it's a little too short? <laughs> and I was like, dude, Hotel Pools and Stratford literally did a, a, a single with, like, one song on each side. I was like, I don't care what it is. The fact that you're even giving me an opportunity to do a release for you, absolutely. Like, whatever you want, man. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, and I'm also really surprised that for as long as he's been around and for as, like, he's a fairly prevalent artist the fact that he's not hasn't had any physical releases is mind-boggling to me like i'm literally confused how that has not happened before you 
was confused because I was like, why do we gotta be the first? No, and I think, you know, this is I'm gonna I'm gonna sing your praises now. So sit down, put your boots on, um, because I'm gonna lay it on a little thick. But I think, you know, with what you guys are doing, the reputation that you gained, it's there's it's trust. I and I was actually having a conversation literally um today about this community and, and how you network and how you grow is that you have to have trust and there are certain people within the community that you trust and you trust to do business with, you trust to work with. And when you have a good reputation and you've worked really hard and you've curated really good relationships and have conducted yourself in a way that is, you know, sincere and kind and trustworthy, you get that. And that goes around because even bigger guys than, you know, Lucy, I won't name names because I don't want them to get inundated with shit. But, you know, they they keep their their ear on the ground to this scene, even though they might not necessarily be in this scene per se or as, you know, active in the community, but they still pay attention to what's going on. Um, and that's important. So I think, you know, there's a lot of a lot of dudes who are in dudettes that are um, that are bigger but they still very much know exactly what's happening. They know who to talk to. They know who to trust because it's, it's important. And it's, you know, as being um, a live show promoter myself, um, you, there's these levels of, of teams of people you need to know, like what artists you can work with, what artists you could book or shouldn't book because of X, Y, Z problems. This person's manager might not be pleasant to work with or, you know, all these things. And if you're another promoter, you talk to other promoters and you start to get the lay of the land. Like, Hey, I'm thinking about booking this person. Are they cool? Or, Hey, I'm thinking about releasing this music or doing this thing. Um, how is this person doing? And so these relationships all build up and you know, a lot of people and, and it turns out that a lot of people know about you and that's going to continue to grow as you just hold true to what you're doing. And obviously you've had a lot of success because you've been able to release on like, I'm looking like, you pretty much sold everything out of all your releases. I don't really. I think, yeah, all but like two things. <laughs> so, you know, that's a really good testament to your, um, what you've built and how you do your business. Slow and steady. Well, it's not slow and steady. It's huge. I can't even believe that you've released that much content in such a short period of time, done it to a particular standard, and then have sold pretty much everything out. I think that it is definitely a reflection of the music that I'm selling, though. I think that everybody's buying... Well, I mean, I guess, because, like, again, it comes with, like, the trust thing again, but also, like, even if people are out there buying these just because I'm putting them out and they're supporting me and, like, they have no idea what they're even buying... Like, if they actually were to listen to what they're buying, implying that they didn't, they would be like, okay, this is fucking fire. So the music sells itself. I feel like, you know, yeah. um, a lot of PSE's growth has everything to do with, like, all of the opportunity that all of the artists that have trusted me to release their music on physical, you know, like, by them trusting me to do that, especially, like, the first few that were, like, joining a label that they knew nothing about or the guy that was running it had no idea of how to run it or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But um, also, one thing that uh, Caspro has mentioned is um, 
he said that one thing about me that he doesn't think he's ever experienced with anybody else that he's ever worked with is uh, that I communicate really well. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm very responsive. I respond fast. And my responses are pretty elaborate, you know? If you couldn't tell, I'm a Gemini. I talk too fucking much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, no, it's really, you know, it's exciting what you guys are doing. And it's important, you know, I think there's some mistrust with, there's a lot of labels that have come and gone um, that have done a few releases or have done things and it hasn't gone well and, and they haven't done that communication piece. And I'm thinking of a very specific, very large record label that could probably fix a lot of their their reputation is if they just communicated better and be forthright with the state of business in, in the world, um, but they're a, it's a closed book, non-responsive, and they get a lot of uh, they get a lot of heat and hatred, um, but they're they're closed off. They don't they're not communicating. They're not letting their customers know what's going on, um, and they're not being forthright with with things that are that are going down, even if it's you know it's shit that they can't help. Um, so it's good to hear and that's only going to help you um in the future people are going to know to trust you and that gives you great opportunities and clearly obviously it's given you really great opportunities you're releasing like it's impressive what you're releasing the caliber of artists that you've had the opportunity to work with already um you don't get that just because it's a new guy on the block you know what i mean it's the other qualities that you bring forth the both of you bring forth to this um, that allow those opportunities. And I'm, I'm a big believer of, you know, it's better to make friends than enemies and you want to have good relationships with people and build trustworthy connections. And I think that's a testament to a lot of what you guys do. Yeah. And I think one of the main things as to why, because like, First and foremost, moving forward, going into, uh, you know, the stretch of releases that we have planned right now for our second year. Um, the reason why we're on like a kind of like a a little hiatus, I mean, we released Casper and Lucy, but like aside from that, we're not doing nearly as many um, as we were for a while there. But it's because there was a gap of time in between our release of um, November, I think, and Fuji. Or, or, no, no, no. It was either, no, it was Voyager. It was Voyager and Fuji. There was a gap of time. And so, like, during that gap, like, I, I, I was, like, recruiting these people. And I kept, like, making more, like, hey, you want to come release with us? Come release with us? I was like, I just got to get these guys out first. And I was starting to build this queue. And by the time I was only on, like, the 8th, ninth or 10th release, there was already, like, 18, 19 people, like, in this Discord that we have. And they were just like, oh, yeah, no, I'm totally, man, I'm totally cool with just, like, waiting around till my turn, you know, whatever. And so I was like, cool, you know, like, that's awesome. Then in the meantime, you can be, like, hang out here and bullshit with us here and all get to know each other. And uh, anyways, um, because of that gap of time in between, like, the, the first couple of releases... I was like, this is just not working out. Like, I, I got to, like, kick shit into high gear, you know? Like, we got to start, you know, putting it... Like, I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to release everybody that I've made commitments to 
before the anniversary and that was our goal we were like i want to be able to call everybody here a first year artist like i want all of you to be year one and like coincidentally enough um it just so happened to line up that like the day that we co-released uh in motion with stratford on our like cassette variant starting after that we did the horizons melt and then we had done a release every friday from march 5th all the way to july 1st and like, I think one of the things that I, I, I mean, it's not no excuse, but like just one thing is that I hope that people take into consideration when they, you know, see that we're a bit behind right now because we bit off more than we could chew. Um, that was strictly for the, uh, the desire of wanting to be able to get everybody in before the, um, the compilation that celebrated our anniversary. But, uh, uh, one thing that, you know, differentiates us from a lot of other of these labels doing this is that i don't like have a career <laughs> I work at job. and so like most of if not all of my money from that job like pretty much goes into this freaking label and you know alan gives me what he can and collectively combined you know we try to order as much as we can at one specific time and if uh that's like you know three releases here and then shipping them all out together you know we try to do it in bulk but that's only because we weren't expecting the volume that you know there was a demand that was created for so we were just like holy shit so the hiatus that we're on until uh, october is pretty much just us playing catch up um you know trying to you know finally get these in get them packed get them milled out we don't want to continue taking more orders for things when we already have so many that we have to get out right that uh going into year two i think uh this is wishful thinking but the the tentative release date is october 7th uh we are going to be starting back with our catalog releases um zero two five monoscape he will be our first release in the year two and that will be after all prior commitments and orders and pre-orders are mailed out. Um, yeah. Could have said it better than that. Yeah, it's like all this whole interview has just been like 100% shameless self-promotion. That's that's the entire point of this <laughs> no, interview. No, it's not. No, it's not. It has been genuine as could be. No, it's great. Uh, this is exactly... I haven't been talking but I, I haven't uh, listening in. Oh, I know you're here. It, it, it's, been, it's been nice. Um, I'm really curious. I want to loop back around to something, which is where do you find the the artists? Because you're, you're going into things that I've not heard of. <laughs> going into things how? Like, what do you mean? Uh, what kind well, of how, how do you discover music? I mean, how do you, you, where do you find it at? Because you're finding stuff that isn't being released, right? These, these new artists, where do they, where do you find them? They find me. <laughs> Like, okay, so, for example, uh, Fuji and Voyager, they, the albums that I released by them had already been released, like, on streaming platforms and stuff. I Got just it. wanted them physical. But November and Horizon and Heister, they, I, I have never heard of them before. Ne- none of them. I had never heard of any of them. Um, I, like, mildly, like, recognized Heister's name because he had been somebody that had just been following me on my Technicolor Dreamcoat account. as just, like, you know, whatever. Like, this guy's with it, so I'm going to follow him. Yeah. And then he, like, I posted a, the very first picture I posted of the, the logo that Andrew had done for me. 
um, on the Technicolor page, Heister was one of the first people to hop on the uh, the comments of that post and was like, this is so hype, man. Looking forward to seeing where this goes. And then like three or four days after like I officially started it, um, they actually have like a three-way collab song called Saturn Station. Um, and like the three of them are friends and they were all like privately discussing among themselves, like with each other, like, oh, hey guys, look, this new label, like, let's go hit them up. This is our opportunity. And I'm not just saying like that. I asked them if that's how, like what basically happened. They were like, that's exactly what happened because I thought it was funny. They all three slid into the Puget Sound Collective pages DMs, like within a five minute, like time, like gap of each other. So like they were all executing at the same time. Yeah. But um, some of the artists were recommendations from other people. Um, I have some other just consumers of the music, friends in the community that, you know, were sending me a, a list of uh, recommendations, like Elation. He was a recommendation. Uh, Intro Spectro, I just really liked his vibe because it's super disco. And uh, one thing a lot of people don't know about me is like disco is one of my favorite types of music of all time. Nice. And um, Enoese, I think it was a... Enoese and Sorcery were both a recommendation from November, but it was kind of like... He wasn't joking, because November also has a collaboration with Sorcery. Um, but his his reason being for, for recommending them was because they all have the slash through the O in their names. <laughs> and they were like, we need another O slash name. And uh, Speaking of O's, it was, uh, it was something like that, that count. Oh yeah, well he's gonna be a presents one because he's not gonna be regularly releasing with us. But I fell in love recently with uh, Count Zero Zero's um, Bad Tapes EP, and uh, was uh, recently talking with him, and he said that he would be okay with Puta Sound Collector releasing that on cassette. So I'm looking forward to that. But basically, um, yeah, that I, it's as far as recruiting goes, um, I don't really go looking anymore. Like I, I know that I'm like kind of like at my limit right now with like what yeah pretty much I've said to the artists I said I there's so many of you that are here that are committed to like there's no like contractual obligations or anything this is all just like yep. you know worth of faith so so like I'm like here's the door just remember you guys you know if you guys are free to if you feel like you want to like move on to bigger and better things please don't let me be you know like hinder your your progress in in this. I encourage them, basically, is what I do. But some of them are just like, PSC for life! You know, like, ride or die! Like, like <laughs> I, it's just like, damn, dude. Like, I, I that's commitment right there. Like, I, I literally cannot thank you guys enough. Like, it just feels really nice to, you know, have people that think or appreciate that what we're doing that much. So I, I tell them, I'm like, there are so many of you that plan to continue to release with me that like, I don't even necessarily need to go find new people. I could just keep like releasing your guys' new shit. Cause once one of you guys is done with something, another one of you will be done with something, you know, so on and so forth. But, um, we just brought on uh Delta volt. I don't know if you're familiar with Delta volt, but I'm not. Um, I was not familiar with Delta volt when we are, well, you're like somewhere doing something, but <laughs> when, uh, when you guys are in the is wait is your homie still here? I thought he had to leave. Yeah, he's gone. He's been gone a long while. Okay, I was gonna say I haven't. Oh, heard, that's oh, I was, I was gonna say I was like, yeah, I, I haven't heard him talk in a while. But yeah, so I, he, anyway, I just wanted to know if crazy. I the 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 context or the 
you know, you guys, when you are in a position where you're in a like an explore new music, uh, like area, listen to Delta Volt's EP Solar Flare. It just came out like a month ago. Just send it to I me. Never... Send it to me. Okay, absolutely, I will. Um, but I had never heard of him before, and he uh, in November. There, we have like a, a channel in our in our Discord server um, where it's called like the EST. It's called what is that channel called? It's called the uh, R O yeah P P P S C R O T C, <laughs> and uh, they they post like I pretty much say like hey guys like I'm out of the loop like when I'm listening to music in my own like personal time, I I I'm like listening to the same shit on on loop like I, I yeah. listen to the same like ten fifteen songs on repeat. Um, until somebody exposes me to something that I'm just like, oh shit, this is getting added to that loop now. Yeah. And, and so like, um, I have them bring me recommendations of because they actually go exploring like SoundCloud or whatever, and like they shoot me names of people, and I'm just like, damn, bro, like I had never heard of this guy. Delta Volt was one of those guys, and November had recommended him and posted him in that channel, and and uh, I checked his music out, and I was like, holy shit, like this is like textbook chill synth right here, like this shit's really good. And uh, he's got this four-song EP out, and he just did a collab with uh, Rykon, I think. But, yeah, no. So he, he's, like, a newer name that uh, is going to be making an appearance in year two. But nice. I think what I'm most excited for is finally going to be getting into this, like, vinyl this vinyl game, dude. Yeah, I was just, I, I, you know, I was going to get there. I wanted to talk about that. I think it's a good way to close out conversation is about year two and in puget sounds next ventures so to speak so you you just said it i didn't say it i'm not the one bringing it out um is that so before we go further um have you guys announced that you're going that direction um everything that we've spoken about to Others um, that are not directly involved with the project itself, um, I, I've been very, I mean, I, I've like very vaguely just like hinted. I mean, I've told you in the DMs, you know, but. Because uh, people are going to listen to this, so. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. I, I, I've consulted all parties involved <laughs> uh, about what are the okays and the, the, the don'ts. So um, I guess what I am at liberty to say, uh, in addition to the photo teaser that I posted on the Instagram uh, a few weeks ago of the test pressings that we received, is that we are currently working on a few things with, uh, with Stratford, and they are in the form of a vinyl, and uh, they should be ready well one of them is going to be a little bit longer but the other one we are expecting we all know how the vinyl turnaround is but yeah. the other one we're expecting is uh probably going to be around december maybe yeah december november december uh but yeah no it, it's gonna it's gonna within that time frame it's gonna throw people for a for a loop dude i'm I'm excited so you could say you could at least say you're getting into the vinyl game well that's just because like we were already like slowly making the the movement towards it so like 
we the reason why <laughs> I am a dummy and I didn't know that when you order vinyl, I thought that you had to pay for the entire thing up front. I didn't know it was a deposit. <laughs> so being that I only work a day job, you know, like just a normal and and you know what I mean? Just I don't yeah. have a lot of money. So I was like, there's no fucking way that I'm going to be able to just go like shell out like whatever X amount of dollars that it would cost to get this many made. So I was like, yeah, you know, that's probably going to be something that I'm going to have to like, you know, you save a few paychecks for. And then Stratford offered me an opportunity and was like, so pretty much this is how it works. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's been that easy this whole time. I mean, financially, anyways. Like, I had the whole ordering process, not so much. Like, I'm still kind of, like, unfamiliar with that. But, like, financially, I'm like, that's that's nothing. I can totally swing that. And so it pretty much, their their extension of their, their interest in collaborating expedited the process of what will be the first vinyl with... Uh, with our our label like our logo on it nice that's exciting uh, it is exciting purely for the fact that not only will the logo be on a vinyl but uh that we're getting to like share an opportunity like that with like pretty much the label that like mentored us into you know what we do now um aside from that uh i guess the things that i don't have to be as secretive about um because there are things that we're like doing on our own mm-hmm. is currently we have burning chrome um formatting the you know vinyl sleeve for horizons melt um fuji has already finished mastering the tracks for vinyl so we're thinking that after all the pre-orders for the cassettes are shipped the first thing that we're going to be doing is ordering horizons melt for vinyl release and then uh we are also planning on ordering Fuji's Vox Anima, which is his new album that we'll be releasing soon. I'm still actually waiting for him to tell me if whether or not he just wants to release the album with the cassette and then vinyl later, or if he's in preference of wanting to like actually wait to release. If I were an artist, I would not be able to wait eight months. <laughs> I, I have this finished record, and I have to like wait eight months to show the world because I want to co-release it with my vinyl, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that would drive me nuts, but um, I think that's where Fuji might be at with his new album, but we're ordering that. And then uh, I'm still letting the people decide what they want the, uh, the last album that's like within this window of opportunities, like financial budget there's like one more slot of an album that I'm letting the the, the people decide that they want. So we'll see. That is yet to be determined. Exciting. Exciting. Well, I know I will be supporting it because I'm a vinyl guy. So, you know, uh, and you've already, uh, you've already made a, a few, you know, suggestions, recommendations because of you with your, uh, knowledge and experience in the, the vinyl, Indeed. Realm. Indeed. And I will definitely, I, I've actually like thought about it and was like, you know what? He's definitely right about a lot of that <laughs> stuff. And I'm probably going to take your advice on a lot of the stuff that you've suggested to me, which is always much appreciated. So, of course, that's, yes. that's how this, it's the how the whole thing works. You know, like Andrew, obviously, I will always defer to Andrew's judgment um, on, on anything. Um, but that's how that, you know, this community works. And that's why I love about it is, you know, these, 
you know, I don't really feel anyone's in competition. It's all in mutual, like everyone wants everyone else to succeed. And so when things, I, I feel like a lot of times when things come up, it's not like out of, um, like, I want you to fail, but out of like, I want you to succeed. That's disappointing that this thing isn't working more than like a, you know, caddy. I don't like this label, that, 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 that. Right. No, definitely. Andrew's like, <laughs> to me, Andrew's the godfather of all this shit, dude. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, he's, you know, I, I would say he's probably one of the first labels to do chill synth on, on physical release, I'm pretty sure. Because I'm trying to think of, like, other other labels that have, that have well, I guess Eyewitness. Eyewitness has been around forever. Um, right, but I mean, that's also why when you think of the labels that do it, the first two and usually the only two you think of are Stratford and Eyewitness. Yeah, literally, and that's it. And then you know you've got new, you got some other people that are coming up. You obviously now are are coming up in the world, and I think um, Polycora is gonna make their way into that world more in the future. I think that Polycora is right on for uh, being the people that try to like you know bring the the data wave into the the spotlight because I don't feel like there was any other labels that were really give all the people that were on Polycora, they make a music that sounds very similar to what Comtrues is making. And I thought Comtrues was the only one doing it. And it's because those other guys making data wave don't get the exposure that they deserve. So it's cool that Polycora is giving them that exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really, you know, I, I am obviously I'm a big fan of Polycora and the work. Cause I love Comtrues. That's sort of one of my OG um, yeah, that's things that, that got me into into this into the synth world, if you will. So the fact that Nick has kind of gotten on to that, found these artists and has curated his thing, and um, I I really like what he does. And so I you know, and I try to help him out. I try to help everybody out um, because you know, even if I'm not going to be able to release it myself, I still want that shit. I still want it. So I'm going to help you. If Even if I'm not doing it, I'm going to try and help you make it so that I can have it. Exactly, dude. That's what I'd be saying. Like to some of these people, I'm like, Hey man, like, I don't know sh- jack shit about like organizing live shows or whatever, but if uh, you can make it happen to where this person can play this date or at this venue, I'll help you if I need it. If yeah, I need to, because I would love to see this person live. <laughs> exactly. And that's, you know, everything that I've done that's branch off from the show has just been a, a, a need to fill a void. I want a thing. I want to see certain kinds of artists live. It doesn't exist in my area. Well, I guess I'm going to have to figure that out. I see, <laughs> you know, uh, or like releasing artists and helping get stuff made physically. Well, I guess I'm going to have to figure that out. <laughs> hey but it's a good thing that there are people like us that are go-getters like that though because if not then those things wouldn't exist exactly that's exactly the right thing so you know i'm excited for your projects and that that, that these artists get the physical releases they're gonna get vinyl releases and i think you know as stressful maybe as the the volume that you've done you've laid so much groundwork already that when you transfer into the vinyl world it's not going to be as hard of a of a transition you're not starting as a vinyl company because like um 
when I talked to one of the last times I talked to eyewitness, um, he had $20,000 wrapped up in vinyl that hadn't been released yet. Like it was all in production. Jesus, dude. Oh but, my you know, God. He's doing, you know, you're doing a lot of releases. So he's, he's booked a lot of, of stuff and he's releasing now. Thank God. He's, he's finally, has gotten his vinyl in hand and he's starting to able to be able to sell it, which has got to be a, a relief. Cause that's just, it's a lot of money. If you're a vinyl company, you look at like a guy like Andrew. What people don't understand is, what does Andrew release? Maybe, God, he's what twenty records a year, twenty vinyls a year at least. I, I was gonna say like he's got to release at least like two or three records a month, dude. So you you're looking at realistic. You're looking at two to three thousand dollars per project, and he's releasing twenty projects a year. You. You do the financial thing on that real quick, and you, and the turnaround is so long that you're sitting on you're sitting on an investment you can't recoup the cost on for a huge amount of time. So, and you know Andrew is just the one dude. It's just him. He's doing this himself. I hope to God he listens to this podcast. Oh, he's going to. I know he's going to. Um, because. Uh... That man definitely deserves the the credit that he's given. Yeah, so he, you know, that's it's a huge financial thing, and even um, some of my other friends with you know other labels that they're going to do like sixty releases in a year. Well, that's eighty thousand, ninety thousand dollars wrapped up, and that and you're not making money. I, th- I think the thing that people have to understand, like you have the right correct um, mindset. You're not going to make money. You're not going to make like an extravagant lifestyle off of what you're doing. And I think a lot of people, when they get impatient or they get moody about releases or it, you know picky and, and whiny about stuff, it's like these people do this because they love it. And if they didn't do it, it wouldn't get released at all. You know, if Andrew didn't release the things that he did, those artists wouldn't get released. And the same thing with some of these other niche labels. And so is there room for improvement in any given particular thing? And do some people make mistakes sometimes? Absolutely, it happens. But if they didn't do the work that they did, it wouldn't exist at all. You wouldn't get to have it because no major label or even little label is going to sign them to do anything with them. It's very rare. There's only a few artists in this that operate in the synth world that are actually signed to like a actual label like Comtrues obviously he's signed to Ghostly there's still a very small niche label I think like Das Mortal is signed to a a record company out of Canada that isn't like a strictly a synthwave label but I think that's I'm thinking that's pretty much it either the bigger artists like Dance of the Dead release their own stuff they don't bother with record labels or they're on these indie boutique labels such as yourself and you know a bit of what I do as well so you know just having that grace and understanding of like it's a huge investment it's a huge time sink and yeah sometimes things get delayed or messed up but if you didn't do what you did you and Alan it wouldn't exist it would be a internet only music that you could get and I think just 
yeah, I think that's an important factor to bring up to folks. That is the most like reassuring thing that anybody has ever said to me the entire time I've been doing this, man. Yeah, that's, uh, what you're doing is special and it's important. And I think it's important to bring on folks that are doing um, important and interesting things. And what you guys are doing, clearly, I, I, I'm, I'm very impressed, you know, with what you've done in the short period of time that you have and you, you have a really good focus and what I like is that you're not getting distracted by 17 other things either you know you're not trying to be an artist you're not trying to organize this that and the other thing you're not trying to you you're focused on your releases and, and doing a good job with those and getting better every time and like you're learning and improving and applying what you've learned to every single release as you go along I'm definitely hoping that the experience that was the release windows and the operation of things in year one will uh, better influence on how I go about operating things in year two, which is uh, the number one takeaway from everything that I've learned is to just first and foremost get caught up so that starting with Monoscape, we can begin releasing our releases at an in-stock basis, I can post the Bandcamp post with the physical images yep. of the product. And uh, and that's why, and like for the most part, like all these people coming to me saying, hey, can I release with you? I, I've said yes a lot of the times. And that was my big thing was like, I, I hate turning people away. And so I'll just be like, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. You know, yeah, sure. And like, it's come to the point now where like I actually finally like nutted up and I was just like, <laughs> And not even in a mean way. I was just like, look, I, I literally cannot. I'm like, I if you're still interested in like this amount of months, like when I have more than happy to, to to do something for you. But I'm just like, I have this artist who has been waiting this long, who I said could have this by this time. I have to get to them first. You know what I mean? You, you're and, funny. I just I want to say it's funny because you're like, oh, in months how record companies work um is years um i have a buddy i won't say his i won't say his name but he's released with larger companies and he had a record ready and they're like yeah we'll release this record and he's like well what's the release window it goes oh well we, we can really release it in two years and he goes what oh my God. I, i'm i'm just I, I what i'm i'm just gonna go ahead and take this elsewhere because two years is too long and so it's funny that you're like stressing out about like months when other record companies are like, well, yeah, we can get to you in a couple of years or I'll get to you in a year. I just uh, only get stressed because I'm like, if I tell them flat out, no, but I'm actually am interested, then are they going to go somewhere else? Cause like, I do want to release them, but also like, I can't keep, you know, putting these people off. So like, also yeah. like, you know, hopefully that if I tell them, you know, I can do something for you in like December or January. It's not going to make them do exactly that. What you said where the people are like, Oh, well, I guess I'm going to go consider my options. Then. Well, and that, and that's what I'm saying. Uh, waiting, waiting six months is not at all a very, a long wait time. Really? It isn't. I'll get, I'll, it's September or like, you know, it's end of August. I'll get to you in December. That's very reasonable to wait. For someone to that's really... also very reassuring to hear because I feel like a lot of my decision making has been based off of uh, 
feeling like it's almost insulting to somebody to tell them that they could not be prioritized because of other commitments. It's that's that's called running a business. <laughs> you know, you just you you have a, a slot and you release at a slot uh, of time and based on funds that you have and sales and sales lead to more sales and more product and things like that. And, you know, like you've been lucky that you haven't had to sit on product. like some people sit on shit for a long time and never sell it out. And so the fact that you're in a position where you're like, have basically sold everything that you've put out and are able to continue to roll that money more and more into projects and reinvest that and to keep that going. Like that's, yeah, that's a really great position to be in and just tell someone they have to wait three months. That's no time at all. That's like zero. That's zilch time. That's a blink of an eye in, in release schedules. So, you know, don't feel bad, make your schedule, stick to your schedule, put them on, stuff has to get you know rearranged sometimes and and i think you know it's very reasonable to say i've got loosely in disguise or whatever um that's really good for the label which is good for everyone else on the label you know basically there's an expression i think uh the tide rises all boats so that's a great expression uh so if you know puget gets more exposure and better that's just gonna ensure that whatever else you release is going to sell out as well. And what's also cool about that analogy is that the Puget Sound is literally all tied, baby. Yeah, it's a giant <laughs> basin. It's a giant basin. There's okay. a lot of boats in that. There's a lot of boats in that sound. <laughs> all right, guys. I, I've got to get back to this convention. i got a DJ yeah, set. Yeah. And I, I'm going to lay some sick jams down. Um, Great conversation, man. Thank you again for yeah. everything. All right, guys. Thank you. For that. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, just looking forward to what you guys are doing and, and being able to support you as well with something that I I collect. I, I feel bad that I didn't. I don't buy tapes, but I, I just I can't collect everything. That's okay, man. Buy the vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> Paradise I can't Oh yeah Paradise I can't